Uh, Mark chapter 5, and won't we stand, please, if we're willing and able, out of respect to the Word of God. <clears throat> we'll read verse number 35. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why trouble the master any further? Father God, tonight I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, how I thank thee for the sweet spirit that's here tonight. Lord, I thank you for your presence that's real. Lord, the good songs we've heard, the testimonies have been shared. Lord, I believe everyone that's here tonight could leave and say they've been helped and they've been blessed by being in your house. But Lord, we know tonight that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I pray, God, tonight that we'd, we'd, we'd stand tonight in awe and we'd listen for the voice of the Spirit of God. Lord, I pray you'd help me. Lord, you know I don't deserve to stand before this great congregation of people. Lord, I deserve to be in the far back. Lord, I don't even deserve to be in the building tonight. But I thank you, Lord, for mercy and grace. I thank you, Lord, for love that's eternal. And I thank you for forgiveness and pardon of sin tonight. And I pray you'd help me now to preach as a dying man to dying men and women. I pray you'd touch my voice, touch my mind, touch my heart. Help me, Lord, to preach God in a way that, Lord, that lifts up Christ. Lord, and that helps, Lord, him to be magnified and honored in this message tonight. And I pray when people leave, they wouldn't be bragging about me, but they'd be bragging about you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated. We started this morning in Mark chapter 5, and we're looking at the miracle here the, of the raising of Jairus' daughter. And uh, we started this morning talking about uh, some lessons about the Lord that Jairus learned. Some lessons about the Lord. And uh, tonight we all could stand to learn more about the Lord. We've, nobody here has figured it all out. Amen. And, uh, and so Jairus, when we meet him in chapter 5 and verse number 22, and then when we see Jairus in chapter 5 and verse 43, in those 22 verses we find that Jairus learned some lessons that he never forgot about the Lord Jesus Christ. And we began this morning, verse 21, where the Bible says, And when Jesus was passed over again by a ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. We said this morning, the first lesson he learned about the Lord is a lesson about approaching Jesus Christ. And Jairus learned that Jesus would have him. Amen. Uh, Jesus would accept him. Uh, Jesus would allow him to come into his presence. You understand in the Old Testament that the men and the women had to stand back from the presence of God. They could not go into that holy place. Uh, they had to stand afar uh, even when God uh, gave Moses the commandments on Sinai. Uh, listen, they had to stand back from the mountain. Uh, if they got too close to the mountain, they'd die. But tonight we have been blessed by the grace of God and the, and the love of God to be able uh, to come into his presence and not die. Uh, but we can live in the presence of God. And Jairus would say, listen, I learned something. 
I learned that I can go to Jesus and he'll take me. He'll receive me. So many of our young people tonight, in the culture we live in, they're trying to be accepted. They're trying to be accepted. If it means saying certain things to be accepted, they'll say certain things. If it means doing certain things, I was watching a, 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 a or listening or watching read. I don't even know what about the games in America, and they said that they they prey on young boys that have no father and have no uh, they have no uh, uh, real family to lean on. And they said that the games they use the pressure of being accepted to pull them in. And what they'll do is they'll tell them boys, if you want us to accept you, then you've got to go into this liquor store or you've got to go into this, uh, uh, this, this gas station. You have to kill somebody or you have to rob somebody or you have to beat somebody up. They'll put them in a pit, let them fight, and, and they have to fight till they can't fight no more, till blood's running out of their face and, they're, and, and, and they've got broken bones and, and bruised flesh. And the whole reason they do that is because they want somebody to accept them and to have them. <laughs> but oh, aren't you glad tonight Jesus hasn't asked any of us? He doesn't ask anything of us tonight to be accepted by him. The only things required tonight to approach the Lord Jesus is to come to him by faith and repentance. Amen. The Bible says him that cometh to him. In Hebrews chapter 11, he that cometh to him must believe that he is and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Approaching Jesus. Jairus would say, Jesus will have you. He'll have you no matter what you've been through in your life. No matter what others have done to you in your life. No matter how, how bad your life has been, Jesus will accept you tonight. Amen. He'll take you. And oh, how wonderful it is to know that we have a Savior who allows us to come near unto him. Who allows us, I thought about over there in Matthew, when the little children come to him and he put them in his lap and laid his hands on them and blessed them. What a Savior we have tonight. And what a Lord we have tonight who allows us to come near to him. Oh, tonight I deserve to be in the very bottom of hell. I deserve to be in the very darkest corner of hell. But thank God he took a sinner like me and let me come near unto him. Verse 21, it says, And Jairus fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee come and lay thy hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. We said if Jesus, if Jairus was here, he'd say, I learned something about approaching Jesus. He'll have me. But then we also said these verses we read, Jairus would say that he learned something about appealing to Jesus. Not only will he have us tonight, but he'll hear us. He'll hear us. Oh, I'm so glad the arm of the Lord's not shortened that it cannot save and his ears not heavy that it cannot hear. Amen. And David said, this poor man cried. Amen. Psalms 34, 6, this poor man cried. Over there in Psalms uh, 40, he says, I wait 
waited patiently upon the Lord, and he inclined unto me. You know what that word inclined means? It means to bend down. Amen. It means to bend down. David said, I was in a horrible pit. I was in the mighty clay. But he lifted his he lowered his ear and he heard my cry and lifted me out. It's amazing that Jesus would let us be in his presence. But it's even more amazing that he let people like us speak to him. If we were to go to the White House tonight and try to, you might could pull enough strings to get in there. If you knew enough people, you might could get into the presence of the President of the United States. But the chances of getting to speak to him are very slim. It'd be very, very, it'd be very unlikely that you or I could even have a word with that man. And listen tonight, but it's amazing to me that the Lord Jesus Christ will not only allow me to have a word with him, but he'll allow me to have fellowship with him and communion with him, and I can spend as much time as I want trying to talk to him. In verse 22, he said there was a place that we can fall. He said he fell at his feet. He fell at his feet. When it comes to appealing to Christ, I'm talking about prayer, by the way. And, and listen tonight, if we've ever prayed, we need to pray right now. If we've ever sought his face, we better seek it right now. If the church of the living God has ever grabbed hold of the horns of the altar, we need to grab hold tonight. Listen, we need to lock in and lock down and call on his name. But there's a place we can fall. He fell at his feet. The kids sung that song, I'm bringing it all to him. And this morning while I was preaching, I was thinking about that song. And I was hoping they might sing it tonight. I didn't say nothing to my wife, but I appreciate her being sensitive to the Lord tonight. And aren't you glad that you can bring it all to him tonight? And lay it at his feet, amen, and just let it go and just lay it down. Have you ever come to church and you were so heavy laden, you were so burdened, it seemed that you couldn't even think about anything but the cares of life and the troubles of life. But in that meeting, in that service, the Spirit of God blessed your heart and he gave you grace and faith and you gave it to him and you left and you felt 100 pounds lighter. There's a place we can fall. There's a place we can fall. But it says, it's actually in Matthew 9, 18. You don't have to turn there for sake of time. That's parallel to this, this story, the parallel text. It tells us that not only did he fall at his feet, but he worshiped. He worshiped him. When it comes to appealing to Jesus, Jairus teaches us that there's a place we can fall but there's also a praise that we can forfeit. A praise we can forfeit. Every excuse I have for not worshiping the Lord seems silly in light of the fact that Jairus worshiped Jesus in the worst time of his life. This evening, just because things aren't good doesn't mean God ain't good. Just because, just because the marriage may be rocky, just because the children may be unsa- uh, unruly, 
Just because the church may be dry, dead, and cold, it does not mean that Jesus is not worthy to be praised and to be honored. If Jesus was here tonight, you'd say, Jesus, what did you learn? He'd say, I learned something that I can give Jesus praise in the worst times of my life. The Bible says he worshiped him. Before he ever asked him for one thing, he worshiped him. We ain't got time to worship him because we're too busy trying to get to our wants and our wishes. Right. Come on. Amen. Did you know something I've learned? If you'll spend just a little time thanking him and praising him and worshiping him before you start asking him, your prayer list will change. You believe that tonight? I believe the Bible said in Philippians 2, God works in us, both the will and the do of his good pleasure. The psalmist says, delight thyself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. I don't even think I know what to pray for until I've spent some time praising him. It'd be good if we'd take a moment before we ever mention one thing we want and say, Lord, I want to thank you for who you are. I want to thank you for what you've done. I want to thank you for the prayers you've answered. I want to thank you for the miracles you've wrought. I want to thank you for saving my soul. I want to thank you for changing my life. I want to thank you for giving me a church. I want to thank you for giving me a home. I want to thank you for my wife, my children, my husband, my health, my car, my clothes, everything. And by the time you get done, you might not even have a prayer request. Amen. Jairus had a 12-year-old daughter who was sick unto death, but he said, I still got to give him praise. And I know sometimes you come to church and maybe they don't sing your favorite song and the preacher don't turn to your favorite text and maybe you don't get goosebumps and, and Jesus measles and all that stuff. But the truth of the matter is, he's worthy in all times and at all times for us to give him thanks. And Jesus fell on his feet and he didn't tear in to tell them what was wrong. He says, oh, I I just want to admire you for who you are. I want to worship you. I I, I want to acknowledge you for for your your holiness and and the fact that you're divine. And, And before I ever ask of anything, I just want to praise you. And oh, tonight I've not praised him enough. I've not thanked him enough. I've got a debt I need to pay and give him glory for all he's done for me. I've got a wonderful wife and four healthy children, a wonderful church. I've got health in my body. He deserves to be honored by me. He'd say there's a praise we can forfeit. Verse 23, he'd say there's a prayer that we can file. It says, have you ever filed a complaint? I had somebody the other day, Dylan was a witness of this. He tried to, he thought he was going to jump on me, I guess, but he backed up when he seen I was armed and dangerous. He was so mad because I packed my trailer on his vacant lot, you know, and, uh, and uh, long story short, he, he, he got down, he said, he named the guy that owns the property, and this certain person owns a lot of property in Graves County and all over Western Kentucky. He said, I'm going to call him. I said, call him right now while I'm standing here, please. I said, call him right now. I'd be glad for you to call him. He said, I'm going to file a complaint on you. I said, well, go ahead. I said, get to filing. I said, I don't really care. I said, I got to mow this yard. And I mean, he was just, I mean, it was, he was unruly. And old Dylan, I mean, I, I thought Dylan had my back, Devin. 
He was, he was on his side. He was like, oh, yeah, you better move your train. That's what Dylan, he was like, I mean, I'm just kidding, Dylan. <laughs> I've never seen Dylan weed eat so fast. He got out of there. He was going around the bill. <laughs> he, he said, I ain't hanging around here, amen. <laughs> it's good to know who's got your back, amen. But that man wanted a fire complaint. And oh, listen to me tonight. You can go file all the complaints you want and all the requests you want. You know what? Most of those, where they end up? In the trash can. Amen? I had a woman in a church I pastored before, uh, and, and to put it nicely, she wasn't the best church member I'd ever had in my ministry. And she came to me after church one morning and said, I think we need a suggestion box for you. <laughs> Brother, it rubbed me the wrong way. I'm just going to be honest with you. And, uh, and I've got a trash can. And I sat on the, the, the table in the foyer, and that night I said, there's your suggestion box. Amen. Amen. She just won't tell me what to preach and how to preach. Listen to me. That's nobody's business but mine and God. Amen. You can talk. We can talk about the carpet and the lights and the windows. And if we're going to have chili dogs or slaw dogs, or if we're going to have, uh, I mean, whether we're going to have baked beans or potato salad, y'all can fight over that all you want. But when it comes to the Word of God, I don't need a suggestion about it tonight. But Jerry has filed a, filed a prayer request with the Lord here. There's a lot you can learn about his prayer. The first thing is he prayed with fervor. Are y'all still with me? He prayed with fervor. It said he besought him greatly. In verse 23, greatly. I looked that up and it means with intensity. Intensity. Jairus prayed with fervor. What I mean to say is he wasn't there saying, now Jesus, my little girl's sick and if you'd like to come. Oh, Brother David, it's full. I believe his voice was quivering. I believe you could see the fear in his eyes. I believe you could see the terror on his brow. And when he fell down and worshiped, he lifted his eyes to the Lord and began to beseech him greatly. It means to beg, to implore, listen, to cry out. He said, oh, Jesus, my little girl, she's about to die. My little girl is dying to death. He prayed with fervor. How come there's no more fervor in our prayer life? How come we pray so half-heartedly when we pray? The Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. There's a prayer we can probably pray with fervor. He prayed with focus. He said, verse 23, my little daughter, life at the point of death. When we pray, we're to pray specifically. Everyone in there ought to have a prayer list you pray for. And people you pray for. He prayed with focus. I ask you tonight, what is it you need from the Lord? What's your greatest need you have in your home tonight, in your family? What is the greatest need you have? You ought to focus on that when you pray. He prayed with fervor. He prayed with focus. He prayed with faith. He said, I pray thee come and lay thy hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. He didn't say, Lord, come and maybe it'll get better or, or I'm just going to give you a try. 
I've heard people talk like that and say, well, just give him a try. You don't give Jesus a try. You understand? He ain't a pair of tennis shoes. You understand? You don't try them on and try them off. You don't pick them up and put them down. When you come to him, you take him as Lord and Savior. And you and listen, when you come to him, you must come by faith unto him. He says, I believe if you come, I believe if you come, she'll live. She'll live. She'll live. He'll listen. Jesus hadn't said a word to him yet. But he said, based on what you've done I believe you're going to take care of her amen, amen. She, he prayed with faith there's a prayer we can file verse 24 there's a presence that we must follow Jesus went with him and most people followed him and thrown him there's a presence we can follow Jesus went with Jairus and Jesus will go with me this was the longest walk in Jairus' life, he was about to go on. And Brother David, Jairus did not realize, listen to me, Jairus did not realize that it was about to go from bad to worse. But Jesus did. And that's why he went with him. Amen. And oh, listen, he sees what we can't see. And you know, I know this, and, I, and people tell, there's bad days ahead in my life. I know it. There's hard times coming. There's going to be some more lonely nights. There's going to be, I don't know. I don't know what all I'm going to have to deal with. I don't try to fear it, and I don't try to worry about it, but I know without a shadow of a doubt that there's going to be some difficult times. There's going to be times I want to give up and, give, and, and, get, and just quit. There's going to be times, and it's going to come for every one of you, everybody in this room. There's going to come hard times and difficult times, but the Bible says that Jesus went with him, and listen, if Jesus went with Jairus, he'll go with us as well. There's a presence we can follow. Do you know when times get rough, that's when your friends get few. But the closest you'll ever be to the Lord is in the, is the most difficult times in your life. Isn't that amazing? When people want to withdraw from us, that's when he wants to draw to us. So there's a lesson about appealing to Jesus. There's a lesson about approaching Jesus. Jesus will have me. Jesus will hear me. But verse 35 through 43, and I must hurry. Jairus would tell us tonight that there's a lesson about appreciating Jesus. And he'd say, Jesus will help you. He'll help you. Tonight, the first step to get help is to realize you need help. There's a lot of people tonight, they can't find help because they're not looking for help. And I've heard people say as well, God helps those that help themselves. I want you to give me some Bible for that. I've been looking for it for 20 years. Next month, I've been studying the Bible, seriously, for 20 years almost, and I ain't found it yet. It sounds real good, but there's a lot of things that sound good that ain't got Bible for it. Amen. Now, maybe you've said that, now you're mad because you think I'm preaching it. I'm not preaching it. I'm just saying that's not true because the truth of the matter is Jairus couldn't help himself. There was nothing. Once somebody dies, they're dead. And you can't do anything for them. They might have a fever and you may can help them with their fever. When they're sick, you may give them something that might help their, you may can, but once they're dead, they're dead. 
and Jesus come with Jairus. And if Jairus was here tonight, he'd say, I want to give you a word about appreciating Jesus. I believe he'd say, I just want you to know tonight that I love him. I appreciate him. He did for me what nobody else could do in my darkest and most lonely hour. He walked down that lonely road with me and he gave me what I stood in need of. Jairus learned to appreciate the Lord. In verse 25 through 34, listen, I'm just going to give you this. You got to pay close attention, though. Don't make me start over at point one. I don't think I can make it. Verses 25 through 34, Jairus would say this. I'm going to give you this. This, this Lord uses to help me. He'd say, I learned, listen, remember what's the sermon? Learning about the Lord. Jairus would say, Brother Larry, I learned to appreciate waiting on Christ. Now, anybody who knows me knows that I'm as mo- one of the most impatient people there's ever been. That's why I coon hunt, because I can't deer hunt. I can't wait. <laughs> Don't worry about me deer hunting, because I ain't got that, that, that. Listen, I can't sit still. I get in that stand. You know, and I get quiet, and, and I sit there for a minute. I'm like, all right, here we go. Where you at? And then I look, and I, and I hear one coming. You know, anybody ever had that on opening day? You hear, you're like, oh, boy, here he come. Old Boone and Crockett, you know, and you get all amped up, and the old heart gets to fluttering. You get buck fever, you know what I'm talking about? And, and you get all excited, and then, and then you, you barely, you know, because nobody ever shoot one before daylight. That's against the rules. You know, you pull it up there and, and uh, uh, you know, confess your faults. Don't confess your sins. But anyway, hey, and, and you look, and you look down that barrel, and, and it's a squirrel. <laughs> Listen, I went deer hunt one time, and it was about daylight. And, and, and it, that happened, and I mean, it sounded like, I mean, it sounded like at least a 200-pounder. Had to be a 12-pointer, Mark. I mean, I was just convinced it was going to be a world record, you know. I was going to be on the front of Field and Stream and Buckmasters and have a deal with, uh, uh, you know, Cabela, sponsors, and Realtree, and that's going to happen. And, and, and brother, uh, brother Glenn, you know what it was? It's a house cat. <laughs> and let me tell you something. I've not always overcome temptation, but I did that morning. I'll just be honest with you. I overcome it that morning. And, and listen, I thank God, and that little cat thanks God, I overcome it that morning. <laughs> but I can't wait. It drives me nuts. I like the coon hunt because when you cut a dog loose, it's going to do something. I mean, it's going to end up somewhere. And if you got the right kind, and if they ain't the right kind, then they're not going to be as fortunate as that house cat was with me. You understand what I'm saying? I'm going to do them a favor. I'm going to do the coon dog world a favor and take them out of their misery and take me out of mine and get rid of them. But the truth of the matter is, I like to see something happen. I want something. I like to hear them run. I like to hear them tree. I like running through the briars. I like going through the, I mean, I enjoy it all. I like crossing the creeks, mired up to my knee. I like it all. I enjoy it. I like action. I want something to be going on. And man, that's why I like it because there's always something going on. But we find out that Jairus had to learn to wait on Christ. Because Jesus said, I'm going with you. And can you imagine Jairus? Hey, get out of the way, y'all. Hey, make way. Hey, oh, 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 get out of the way. I got a dead dog. A dog inside. Yo, hey, hey, come on. He's coming with me. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And all of a sudden, Jesus stops. Oh, all right, Lord. Come on. Keep moving. Keep moving this way. And he stops. And when Jairus wanted Jesus to move the most, 
is when he stops. And there's times when you want the Lord to move with all your heart, and he don't move. And he turned around and said, who touched me? And Jared said, well, why does it matter, Lord? Let's worry about that later on. We'll go to the house. We'll come back. We'll do a survey. We'll find out who touched you. And Jesus did it. Jesus just sat there. Now, if you don't think he was thinking this, I don't know what to tell you. I know that's what I'd be thinking. If my little daughter said, and here's this woman been sick for 12 years, you understand? I'd say, hey, she's been sick for 12 years. She can wait for another hour or two. I mean, I'm just being honest. She ain't, I mean, look, if she ain't died yet, she'll make it another hour or two, Jesus. But follow me now. Follow me now. It was in that, and by the way, waiting time is not wasted time. Because when Jesus stopped, Jairus got to witness a great miracle. But while he was waiting, what happened? She died. Now, now listen. While we're waiting on the Lord to move, while we're waiting on the Lord to move, there will come opportunity to give up. To give up. Psalms 27, 14 says, Wait on the Lord and be of good courage. And he shall, give, he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. As a parent, it's hard for me to wait for God to save my children. But I'm better off, and they're better off to wait and let the Lord do it. It's hard as a pastor to wait. It's hard to wait for people to get sold out. And you see people, and, I, and listen, I can't help it. It's just the way I am. When I see people, when people come to this church and they start coming, I can't help but think of what they could do and how God could use them, how great God could do. What a work they could do. How could they help? And, and then I'm like, oh, my, I thought, and then, and then I had to wait. I had to wait. Jairus would tell you tonight, he'd say, some of the hardest times in my life was when I was waiting on him to leave that woman and go help my daughter. He learned about the waiting of Christ. He learned, he, he would say tonight, I appreciate not only the wait, but he'd say, I've learned to appreciate the word of Christ. Verse 35 and 36, his friends come, so-called, from his house. And it said, they told him, they said, that daughter's dead. That daughter's dead. Have you ever wondered why he had to come to Jesus and nobody in his house was, remember the nobleman he had serving the come? How come Jairus had to go? Now, remember what he was. He's the ruler of the synagogue. And those rulers of the synagogue, they were supposed to not be having nothing to do with Jesus. And Brother, Brother David, I believe some of his friends didn't want him. They, I believe they refused to go. I believe they said, hey, you've told us that he's a, he's a false prophet. You, but now you're going to him? Now you're going to him? You mean to tell, you want me to go to him? I'm not going to him. You go to him. You go ahead and waste your time if you want to. He's not, a, he's not who he says he is. He's a false prophet. He's a liar. He claims to be the Messiah. He claims to be the Son of God. But listen, when Jerry's come back, don't you know some of these people were very glad to tell him this news. We told you so. And people, are, people can be cruel. They can be mean. And listen tonight, you are very twisted tonight if you find joy in somebody else's pain. 
But Jesus, they said, why trouble the master any further, Jairus? Jairus, you've took this far enough. Your daughter's dead. It didn't work. You tried. You failed. Let's go home. Let's bury her. Let's get over with it. It's done. Leave this man alone. Get away from him. Let's go. It's over. It, hey, hey, lock the door. Turn out the lights. It's done. Jairus, why are you going to keep troubling him? Why are you going to keep following him? Why are you going to keep trusting this man? He let her die, Jairus. She's dead. She has no pulse. She's gone. The sickness overcame her. This man let you down. Give up, Jairus. Go home, Jairus. It's not worth it anymore. And oh, how aren't you glad in those times when the enemy draws nigh and says it's not worth it to serve God. Why are you wasting your time? Why are you sacrificing your money and your energy and your life to go and to live for God? Aren't you glad there's another voice that speaks to you? Jesus, Jesus told Jairus, Verse 36, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid, only believe. Basically what Jesus says, Jairus, don't listen to them, listen to me. Jairus, don't lean on them, lean on me. I believe Jairus would say, I'm glad I took, I listened to his word instead of their word. People love to give advice. I, Brother Dylan surrendered to preach, and, and uh, <coughs> I guess that was Monday night, Dylan, is that right? And we was working Tuesday, and I was talking to him, and I, I mean, first thing, I, you know, I, and I said, boy, I'm proud, of, you know, and I said, I'm going to give you some, I'm going to tell you some, let me give you some advice. I said, don't listen to everything everybody tells you to do. I mean, it would amaze you how many experts there are in preaching when a young boy surrenders to preach. They're all, I told them, everybody's going to tell you what you need to do. Well, you need to go to Bible college, or you need to do this, and you need to do that. You need to, hey, you need to do this, and you need to do that. You need to say this. You need to say that. Make sure you go here. Make sure you go there. And if you follow them and listen to them, you won't know what to do. And people love to give, they love to give unsolicited advice. And it's amazing, it's amazing how people who their life is such a mess know how to fix your life. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, it's crazy. But Jairus, listen, Jairus, he said, oh, I've learned about the word of Christ. I've learned that to appreciate, Jairus would say, I appreciate it. He helped me with his word. His word was on time. His word, he says, only believe, only believe. Jesus was saying, Jairus, you've trusted me this far. You've got to trust me a little farther, amen. Oh, and listen, I've been trusting him. I've been trusting him since I was 16-year-old, and I've got further to go. But by the grace of God, I want to keep trusting in him he talked about the word of Christ in verse 37 through 41 he talked about the ways of Christ he'd say I really appreciate the ways of Christ you know the Bible says his ways are not our ways do you believe that if you'd sat down with me as a 17 year old preacher preacher boy I still like to call myself that even though it's not true makes me feel young and alive but Brother Jason, if I'd sat down with you and you'd said, all right, James, tell me, 
how this needs to go, I would have wrote out a long, long, long story. And it wouldn't be nothing what has happened in my life. But I want to tell you tonight, I wouldn't change my ways for his ways for nothing. You say, Brother Martin, what are you saying? Oh, there's a wasp. Sorry. Oh, man, I about got him. Y'all don't look at him. Look at me. He's resting right now. I'm about done. And I'm really going to get done quick. Maybe that's either the devil or the Lord. Somebody needs to try spirits. Um, in verse 24, Jairus, this is what he told Jesus. He said, I want you to lay your hands on her and heal her. But you read in these verses, he didn't lay his hands on her. He spoke to her. This is what Jairus learned. His way is better than my way. Jairus said, Jesus, this is what I want you. This is, this is how I want you to do it. He said, this is what I want you to do, but this is how I want you to touch her. But Jesus didn't touch her. And I want to ask you something. Do you think Jairus was mad at Jesus for not touching her when she was sitting up alive and well? No. No. In fact, I'd say, he said, you know what, Lord, I like the way you've done it better than the way I want you to do it. And you know, that's the way the Lord is, his ways. Jairus would say, I appreciate his ways. I appreciate he didn't do everything that I want to do. I appreciate he didn't do it how I said it. I wanted him to do it. Listen, tonight, we ought to let Jesus be Jesus. We ought to let God be God. We all let him do as he sees fit in our lives and not try to tell him how he should do it and the way he should do it. Listen tonight. We listen tonight. We have to trust him. And listen, I believe Jairus would say, Oh, I appreciate him and his ways. And he'd say, Also, I appreciate the work of Christ. Jesus raised her from the dead. He said, Into her Talitha Kumai, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto you, arise. And straightway the damsel rose and walked. For she was at the age of 12 years. And they were astonished with great astonishment. Verse 43, and she charged, he charged them straight that no man should know it and commanded that something should be given her to eat. I believe Jared said, boy, I appreciate the work of Christ. Not only did he raise her, he healed her of the disease. You say, how do you know? Because she was eating again. He did more than was required. And tonight, we ought to learn some lessons about the Lord. We ought to learn about approaching him. He'll have us. If you're here and you're lost and you're not saved, he'll take you. If you come just as you are without one plea. But that his blood was shed for thee. If you'll come, he'll receive you tonight. We should learn something about appealing to Christ. He'll hear us. What's on your heart tonight? What need do you have? Maybe it's not a daughter that's sick and dying, but it could be something else. And he learned something about appreciating Christ. And thanking him for his work and his word and his ways. And I, I believe we could all stand to learn these lessons about our Lord.